Hello, friends. Welcome to episode three of the Becoming Her podcast. Today, I have my friend Heather Slayton on here. We're going to be talking about mental health. Um, <laughs> the past couple of episodes, we've talked a little bit about insecurity. We might throw some of that in there um, and just kind of see where it goes. So, um, I wanted, I feel like I wanted to talk about mental health. Because I do feel like mental health and insecurity do go hand in hand, I was probably the most insecure whenever I was struggling with my mental health and struggling with depression, Um, especially as a Christian. I feel like there's this stigma that you have to have it all together, that you can't be mentally unhealthy. I can't be depressed because I'm a Christian, or I can't struggle with my mental health because I'm saved, or... If I am struggling, and I certainly can't tell anybody I'm struggling because I can't let them know that I don't have it all together because Christians, we just have to have it all together. And I think that I was probably truly the most insecure in my walk with the Lord whenever I was depressed. And it was so freeing to know that I wasn't alone in that. So to start this podcast out today, to start out episode three, if you are listening to this and you are depressed, I first want to say that you are most definitely not alone. There are so, 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 so many women who are depressed and struggling too, even if they don't say it. Um, But also, there are so many women who are open about their struggle with depression. And I want to be the first to say that I struggled with depression and I am healed from that. I'm on the other side of that. And so, I want to, I'm going to take the next two episodes and not just talk about insecurity and mental health, but try to wrap the two together because I I do, I think that they go together. And so today we have my friend Heather Slayton. She's funny. She's goofy. (laughs) She'll make you laugh until you pee in your pants. Um, But she also loves Jesus so much. And I've had so many good conversations, so many healing conversations and so many conversations with her that have just brought so much joy and healing into my heart. So before we get started with the mental health and the deep stuff, just tell us a little bit about who Heather is. Who's Heather? Oh, Lord. Who is Heather? <laughs> who is Heather? <laughs> Heather's still figuring out who is Heather. That's okay. This is the Becoming Her podcast, so that's perfect. You're um, still becoming her. Heather is a mother of two children, one very wild child. And one very sweet child. I guess they're both sweet, but one very outspoken child. <laughs> um, and I am a wife. Not a great housewife, but I am a wife. I have a wonderful husband who might get on my nerves, but he still is wonderful. Um, I'm a barber. I just opened my own business, um, The Uppercut in Nortonville. Um, and I like to say I'm a hustler for Jesus. <laughs> I love that. What's that mean, though? Um, I know um, what it means because I've heard you say it before, but they don't know what it means. Okay. So what's that mean? A hustler for Jesus, I have kidnapped people and took them to church <laughs> against their will. <laughs> like, I will drag you to church. I will drag you with me. Uh, you, I won't drag you back. It's your option to go back, but you have to come at least once. Um, and so I am just hustle people to church, hustle people to Jesus. But has that been effective? Have those people gotten saved? Yes, actually. I had a trash crew. And everybody <laughs> in my trash crew, because I found the trashiest people you could find, and I just drug them. 
and I bribed them, whatever I had to do to get them there. And I got rebaptized a couple years ago, and every single person in my trash coop got baptized with me, got saved and baptized. This is, I love this so much. So, it's a wild ride wherever I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's ever normal. But it's fun. It is fun. So, I wanted to bring Heather on to talk about mental health because I know some of Heather's story. I know some of Heather's background with mental health, but I want her to tell her story. Um, And just kind of a little bit of... Her background with mental health. Uh, let's get into... I guess you don't have to tell the whole thing. Like the past few years. Yeah. Let's, the darkest of the dark of mental health. <laughs> maybe. I don't... Okay. Let's do this. How have... Do you feel like... How has your mental health affected your spiritual health? Let's go there. Let's oh. start with that. Because I feel like that's where people kind of struggle. Is the balance of the two. I think that, so mental health-wise, I'm severely ADHD, (laughs) but that's always been a thing. And I think that that's actually a blessing, too, because, okay, I need five people to talk to at one time. I can do it. (laughs) Like, But um, recently, I went through quite a bit of trauma and grief, and I did not know Mm. how to deal with that trauma and grief. Um, Well... I didn't deal with that part. Um, I was trying to be strong for somebody that was also dealing with the same stuff. Um, I tried to ignore a lot of it. And I sat in... I went from, you know, kidnapping people to church to... I sat in my bed for a long time. Probably over a year and a half. Um, And it wasn't until me and my husband were in counseling that... Sister Marsha, who was a saint, and we love her so dearly. We do love Sister Marsha so <laughs> I told dearly. her um, my story from the night of the tornado and losing someone who was the second mom to me. Um, and she said, uh, Heather, you told that story like you were never there. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. said, okay. And Josh said, she's done that since the day it happened. And she said that it's not okay, and you need to get help. And I was like, I feel like it's okay because we're ignoring it, and it's not a problem here because it never happened. And so in that, I also was giving God the silent treatment for a year and a half. Yeah. And I was out of my word. And the only thing that I could bank on to get a little bit of Jesus was going to the mountains or LLTK or something that was just different. It wasn't... Something that I didn't have to work for or work towards or be a part of. Something that somebody else was doing and I could just jump in. So let's pause. Um, For those of you who are listening who don't know some of these things. So I'll let me fill in some gaps. So the severest part of Heather's trauma. So if you're listening to this and you're not from our area. Back in December of 20. Yeah. Well, I can. Let me start over. No, I'll just I'll just fill in. It's okay. So well, in, I need to edit that though. Okay, that's fine. Okay. But I also want to fill in some other things. So, so for those of you who don't know who Sister Marsh is, she is a pastor in our area who is a who is a mentor to me. I, anyone who ever has met me or who hears me talk longer than ten minutes <laughs> knows that I love Sister Marsha. She is one of my greatest mentors. 
Um, we had Karen Salise on the show last week, and I said Karen Salise is like a mom, is a second mom to me, but so is Sister Marsha. Um, she has mentored me through so much. She's mentored me through marriage and church hurt and losing, getting kids and losing kids and literally like just loss and things that just unmet expectations. Sister Marsha has been through all of it with me and I, I love her for it. LLTK is a women's conference that Donovan and I put together every year. And then Heather mentioned going to the mountains. That's for a women's conference too. So um, those are when she says go and do events that she didn't have to work for. She's referring to other Jesus women's events. ministry events. Yeah. So, but you can start, you know, filling back to the. So when I say trauma and grief, I guess it would first start with, um, for the past, okay, six, three years, um, we've been through a sexual abuse case with my youngest daughter, and that was so up and down mentally. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying so hard to trust God to see a victory, and you would go to court and nothing would happen, and there was no protection for your kid, and you're like, what do you do here, you know? Or, you know, pray for your enemies. You know, I was trying anything and everything that I was supposed to do, right? And then sometimes, you know, I was just angry. Like, why is this happening? You know, why is there no victory? Why is there no protection? Um, And so that started my downward spiral, I would say. Um, And then in December of, what year is this? This will be 2022. (laughs) 2022. Um, We had a tornado that come through. And wiped out a lot of our area. Dawson Springs being one. Wiped out Dawson Springs almost completely off the map. Yes. And um, I had to go find the woman who pretty much raised me in Kentucky. um, And eventually get her to a hospital and a week later watch her die. So that was probably the final straw to all the things of all the things that I was going through that really took a toll on, okay, now you really are going through some mental health problems. But it was so it was such an unreal experience that I left it at that. It, was, it wasn't real. It never happened. She was at home. We were busy. Life was going on. And I just left it at that until Sister Marsha called me out. <laughs> and I realized that I had laid in my bed for a year and a half and anybody who knows me knows this but I'm not a homebody I will run the tires off the car I'm not somebody (laughs) that sits by herself I have to have somebody talk to all the time uh and I can tell you that I would lay there and watch the phone ring (laughs) a lot of times when Kaylee was calling (laughs) and then she would text me and say why are you not answering and I would just look at it and, I mean, some of my friends were having to call my husband and be like, is Heather alive? Like, and that's not who I am. Like, I am such a people person. I run, this, I run these lips like there's no tomorrow. I'm not <laughs> a stay-at-home, not-talk-to-nobody yeah. type of person. And so I realized, you know, hey, this is affecting This is affecting my friendships. This is affecting my kids, my family. This is also affecting what I've been called to do is to reach other women. And I'm not reaching nobody from my bed. <laughs> Yeah, and there were even times, too, where I would just be like, hey, I'm going to come to your house, um, so... Yeah, and... I, I hope you don't have... I hope you have clothes on, so... <laughs> and I will say that. I had <laughs> the right people in my life that would allow me to lay around, but not allow me to lay around for too At long. At the same time. 
Yes, I mean, I and I could see that, and I tell everybody that that I had the the good the right friends at my table at that time in my life. But I will say, I went from hustling for Jesus, me and Scott Addy was tight, to silent treatment. Not in my word. Now I still walk through the motions, and I showed up, and I went to church, and I went home and back to bed. But it wasn't a relationship. It was me just existing. And even to this day, I still find myself more existing than living. And, But I do feel like I'm coming to a breakthrough in that very soon. Yeah. <laughs> very, very soon. And I, well, and the funny thing is, here's what's really crazy. So when you and Valerie did y'all's podcast, I was sitting in here and Valerie was talking about all these things. And she was saying something along the lines of, you know, I get in my head when I'm not in the Word and when I'm not talking to God. And Mm -hmm. I start to get all these insecurities. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's me, too. And so after y'all were done shooting the podcast, I said, that's so crazy. I do the same thing. And I promise you, it did not go through my brain. It came straight out of my mouth. It was not me. I don't know how it came out of my mouth. And I said, you know, I've been through a lot of trauma and grief, but I've been through it. It's not an excuse no more. The reality is that I got a calling on my life, and I'm too scared to step into it. Excuse me? Who said that? <laughs> Excuse me? What did you just say? Right. And my mouth just dropped because, like, And he was like, Lord, was that you? Yeah, because what? Because yeah. it's never crossed my mind. Like, that's never been a thought. Like, me being scared of something. What? No, that's not cool. Right. But in reality, that that is it. Yeah, I think for me, so I, my grief and trauma was different, um, but I struggled with a lot of those same things. I I struggled with grief and trauma and also gave God the silent treatment for (laughs) a a really good, a really long time too. And I think for me, um, one of the things that I realized on the other end of that now is um, that God wasn't the one who was distant. It was Kaylee who was distant. Um, I can remember even talking to Shelly, who is my mother-in-law recently. I love Shelly. I know. She's great, isn't she? I just love love her. And the story, I can't wait to get her on this podcast, but I got to find a different place to film because she's allergic to cats. Um, she She can't record here. I have a house full of cats, but... Literally, literally, there is a cat laying in this room with us as we're recording because he's obsessed with me. Um, But uh, I was talking to her recently and I I said, you know, I I realize now that it was never, I always felt like God was distant from me. Like God didn't care that I was praying this prayer or that I was weeping before him I was doing all of the things that I felt like were right. You know, like you said, going through the motions. I was still going to church. I was still praying, fasting, doing all of the, you know, checking the boxes on the Christian girl checklist that you feel like you're supposed to be doing. I was doing all of these things, and it was just like God did not care. I lit. I remember that night, I was thinking about it today, that you asked me to go to church with you because she was going to be preaching. And they always ask me to prophesy. Mm -hmm. And she preached this message about David saying, it's good that I was afflicted. And I was like, I looked at Donovan when she said that. I said, (laughs) I will never say those words. 
I can never imagine looking at what I'm walking through and saying, it is good that I'm walking through this. I, like, as she was saying that, I was like, choke on your spit. That is <laughs> disgusting to even utter those words. Like, how dare God even put them in the Bible? Right. But I was just, because I was at a place in my heart that I was just so bitter before the Lord. I was, and um, they were, you know, she was like, if anyone needs prayer, come to the altar. And I was like, I did not want to go to this altar to have her pray for me. And I looked at Donovan and I said, I kind of want to have her pray for me. And he said, well, go have her pray for you. Literally, it's it's my whole mother-in-law. And he said, well, go have her pray for you. And I said, uh, but they're going to ask me to pray for people. And I don't want, I'm not even in a position to pray for people because I'm so <laughs> turned off to the idea of even serving God in this season because of what I'm personally dealing with. And he said, Kaylee, just go up there. And I go to the altar and I'm standing there and she says, are you here to pray for people or do you need prayer? And I said, I need you to pray for me. And as she begins to pray for me, she began to prophesy. And she said, I see you. And the Lord is standing behind you. And it's like, she's his, loud. I know it's literally bizarre how accurate she was because I had Every not time. talked to anyone about this other than Donovan. But she said, I see you. And it's like the Lord is standing behind you. And it's like, he's just like tapping on your shoulder and he wants to love you. And you're just standing there with your back turned <laughs> toward him and your arms crossed. And she said, and the Lord is saying, come close to him. And even as she's prophesying that in my mind, I'm like, I do not want to. I do not want to come close to him. I feel like he has been silent and has not heard my prayers for months. I don't want to come close to him. And even when we were on, we were on our way to Gatlinburg. And I'm telling you these things. This is how long this battle in my heart had been going on. Because what, we went to Gatlinburg, what, two years before she was even preaching at your church? Like, yeah. This is how long this battle had been going on in my heart. And um, I, like, she left, and I, or, you know, church was over, we left, we all go home. And I'm, you know, I'm weeping at the word of the Lord because, one, because it was accurate, two, because it pierced my heart. It didn't pierce my heart enough to change anything, but <laughs> it pierced my heart in a way that I was just like, okay, God, you come to see me, and that blessed me, um, but it didn't, it, it didn't bring any real fruit at that time because my heart wasn't in a place to change, um, yes. but I can remember leaving and, you know, in the days to come, I was worshiping and I'm like, okay, God, help me draw near to you. And I'm praying this prayer, all of the things. But as I am on the other side of that, I guess that grief and that trauma, and I realize now it was never God who was far. It was me who was far. And it was me who didn't want to come close. And I, and it really wasn't, that I didn't want to be close to the Lord. It was that I was afraid to be close to the Lord. Because what if I got close to him again? 
<laughs> and he hurt my feelings again. Because I had figured out how to be okay without the boys. I had figured out how to be okay if I didn't do LLTK anymore. I had figured out how to be okay if I didn't have any money. I had figured out how to be okay if I didn't have any kids, if I didn't buy this house. Like, I had figured out how to be okay if I only worked my job, if I never did any. existed. Like, just to be normal, you know? Like, if I was just normal. And normal people don't necessarily do podcasts or do women's conferences or travel with their husbands who do music you know like normal people don't necessarily do those things and so I had figured out how to be okay with just normalcy and so I was content with it and then I thought well if I get close to the Lord again and he challenges to me to do these things again and it fails again I'm not going to be okay again with more loss again. I would just rather not get close to him again. And so it wasn't necessarily fear of what God had called me to do. It was fear of getting my heart broken again, or better yet, fear of believing God for something again Mm And then his answer being no, because I couldn't bear another no. Right. But then Donovan got diagnosed with cancer and put me in a position where I had to believe him for something because a miracle was the only way out. There was no, there's no other way. Mm -hmm. God either says yes that's the only way, you know, right. like that, like the answer has to be yes. And so now I'm in a position where I'm like, all of my faith is on the line here. And so now I have to believe God. Mm-hmm. And literally, honestly, Donovan's cancer diagnosis woke me up. Like there's just no other, there's no other way. I mean, there was just... And I'm not, you know, people probably hear this and they're like, oh, she thinks God gave her husband cancer. Like, no, but I do think that God uses, God does not miss anything. He gets the glory for every single thing. Um, And in this situation, I mean, now, you know, if you're personal friends with me on Facebook and you're listening to this podcast first, I want to say thank you. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, But if you're personal friends with me on Facebook and you saw, you know, my post yesterday, you see that God is healing Donovan. And scripture says healing is unto your faith. And like we have really warred in the spirit for healing. You know, we spent time in prayer. We have had people come to our house and lay hands on him, anointing him with oil, you know, and have just spent time just praying and weeping and all of the things that, you know, still checking, checking boxes off. But this time it's not out of obligation. Mm -hmm. It's out of a desire, out of a desire of like, God, I desire to see you move. 
Um, when before it was out of like, oh, I have to do this today because that's what Christian girls do, <laughs> you know. Um, and and the the difference, there's a difference mm-hmm. in in the in wholeheartedly doing something versus walking through it just to do it because you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, I yep. feel that. Yep. I've, on the what Shelly was preaching on, how are you gonna tell me that? <laughs> This is going to be something I can use or like, why would I want to? No, I just assume, no, can we just skip this and use me something else? But, you know, here recently, it's really hit me. And I, if I step into this and I speak to a million women, I'll tell every single one of them, <laughs> do not ask God for a testimony. Oh. Because what can I say? I asked for a testimony and boy, he gave me one. Did yeah. he give me one or not? Because he gave it to me, and do not do that. that Why would no you pray that? Heather? I don't know. <laughs> because I'm like, I have all these people saying, you know, you're called into this, and you're called into that. And I'm like, well, what am I going to say? I don't got no cool story. <laughs> well, guess what? You got a testimony now. You can got time to talk for the rest of the year. <laughs> but another thing with that is I think when you're down in that dark time, it's hard to feel qualified. Like, how can I go reach somebody? Like, that's been my biggest thing lately is, like, how can I pour into other people and tell them, you know, God's the only way when I'm not in the Word? When my only prayers for the last year has been, God help me. You know, like, how can you pour into other people? But the thing about it is, is who's really qualified, qualified? Like, I just have to step into it, and then He's going to qualify me. I can't qualify myself. But also with that is, you know, I can't tell you how many times in the last weeks I've said, I, it's just crazy how even in your darkest times, God will show up. Like in the, yeah. I mean, I can tell you story after story of all these things. And I'm like, why would he show up for me? I'm giving him a silent treatment. It's like, but he's, even in your silent treatment, he's still going to show you that he's good. But I think I needed that. I needed to see he is still good. Even when I'm bad. <laughs> yeah, so I think God is just faithful. Um, I found the scripture, 139 verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, um, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Um, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. Um, to you, the darkness, to you, the night shines bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And I think that just goes to say, like, even in running from the things that we're called to do or trying to escape God like there is just no escape from him he is just in constant pursuit of us he's just constantly just knocking on that knocking on the door of our heart like hey I know you didn't really want anything to do with me today for real but just a (laughs) reminder like you can't get away from me and it's just like that every day. He's just so... Unconditional. So, yes. It's like unconditional love. Yes, it really... I mean, it's just the definition of that. And I think we don't even recognize it often. And then we definitely, I do feel like, take it for granted. Oh, yeah. For, for sure. sure. 
Um, also, even think about, like, you know, we see the quote on Facebook, Jesus knew, but Judas ate yes. too. You got that tattooed right here. Uh, look! <laughs> on your arm. Look, you don't even have to look on Facebook nope. for it. But I think that that, even in itself, yeah. goes to show, like, how faithful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How faithful the Father is to us. That he foreknows all of the things, all of the mistakes, all of the trauma, all of the grief, all of the heartache. And he's like, no, I get it, but I'm still inviting you to my table. You know, for him to know that Judas was going to be the one. Even She even preached about that on her, at her sermon that night at your church. Shelly did. Oh, yeah. For Judas to be the one to hand Jesus over to his to the people that were going to kill him and and he's just like yep come eat dinner <laughs> come come be a disciple come live life with me and then when his murderers get there he literally just sacrifices gives himself to them and he says do what you came to do right and i'm just like I just can't even imagine having that heart. Like, if I knew the loss that I was going to suffer with just different situations, you know, if I knew the hurt that my 20s were going to bring me, I don't feel like my attitude would be like, oh, yes. (laughs) Sign me up. Sign me up. I am so ready. (laughs) Right, exactly. But I I don't necessarily think that was... Jesus's heart either before before they got there you know he was like sweating blood bullets um but when they arrived he said do what you came to do and I it just his heart it was so pure and uh I just love him man (laughs) I just love him I just love him it's crazy that Shelly preached on that too because she also, you know, well, anytime Shelly's in the room, she prophesies to me, even when I'm hiding. <laughs> but that night, she come for me, and she come for me like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> and She's she so called too. me out and told me that Josh was equipped to handle me, and that God made him is. to handle me. Because he did. And I need to basically shut up and <laughs> be a good wife. Because you do. And I was like, man, but it's... Going through all of that, I remember one time just thinking, like, Josh shows unconditional love. Like, he loved me, and I was the trash. I was trash. I wasn't cooking. I was well, I still don't cook. I still don't, <laughs> I still don't clean, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do nothing. I didn't get out of bed. I didn't want nothing to do with him. I didn't, like, and he just loved me through it. And I used to think, that's agape love. That's the love, like, Jesus was literally loving me through this man. And that's, mm. I mean, it was a Jesus love. And I that's thought, so wow, pure. for what? Because I didn't deserve it. Like, that's crazy. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. Donovan loves like that, too. Donovan's love is just... <laughs> we got some strong men to put up with us. Oh, yeah. The Lord knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Donovan's the best leader, man. I literally say it all the time, but I, fo- I would follow him off the cliff. He's the best leader. <laughs> He's perfect. 
I wouldn't say that. I might edit that part out, actually. Yeah, let's rewind. Because <laughs> he's going to remind you of that. He's going to keep that clip forever. He's not going to listen. He don't listen to this podcast. He's he's not becoming he's her. He's, a, he's not becoming her. Um, do you have any other thoughts or... Um, any other things you'd like to add? Um, uh, so my uncle came in the barbershop the other day and I was telling him all the things too and I'm like how do you pour into people from an empty cup basically but how do you pour into people when you're not doing what you're supposed to do and he straight up told me and it just clicked he said it don't matter how far how far you run or how long you run from it you will never have peace until you walk in the steps that God has called you to walk in and I was like man that makes so much sense because I mean, walking through the motions, there's just no peace there. You're just yeah. you're you're not thriving. You're just existing. Well, I really think that ties into the whole thing <laughs> uh, because we were talking about thriving. I mean, just kind of existing and walking through the motions earlier, and there really isn't any peace there. I think, I think literally, I can remember, I can remember whenever I got church hurt. And I remember sobbing, sobbing on the way to church every single Sunday for a year. I was sobbing, begging Donovan, please don't make me go. I don't want to go to church. I hate church. I don't ever want to go to church again. And I literally sobbed every single Sunday for a year or longer. And he said, Kaylee, you're going to have to learn to do hard things. And I hated him for saying those words. I'm like, no, I you. I want to move back in with my mom. She won't make me go. <laughs> the drama. And I'm like, literally, at this point, I'm 23 years old. I was a child. Um, fun fact, just because you get married does not make you an adult. I was a child, and I got my heart broken um, by people at church. And I... Um, I I was going, still still again, going through the motions of going to church. This time, not even because I was checking things off a checklist. It was because I was married to a man who was making me go through the motions. But there was not peace in going through those motions. No. It was torment. And then fast forward. and But this is why I say, let me back up and say, this is why I say Donovan is a good leader. Because he taught me, I he made me realize that I'm capable of doing hard things. I realize that I have grit. I have tenacity. I am strong. And I'm like, and I am thankful that he made me not quit going to church. Like, you don't get to stop going to church because people there hurt your feelings. That's not a valid reason to not go. Um, you, you might have needed to change churches in my scenario we did eventually end up changing churches um it took a while and we argued about that and then you know and that is what it is and eventually i'll tell that story um but i mean we it was a it was a process of healing and learning how to grow and we were newlyweds when all of that happened and he didn't know how to lead and i didn't know how to follow and we literally had been married less than a year at this point and um but I say that he's a good leader because he taught me that I could do hard things. And he made me do hard things despite the fact that I didn't want to. <clears throat> and so fast forward. Now I'm in this season in our marriage. We've been married at this point for almost seven years. Um, whenever I was struggling with wanting to be regular, which is what I talked about earlier in this podcast. 
And I was like, I could just just work my job. We don't have to have kids. We don't have to buy a house. Like, we can just do what regular people do. <laughs> you could quit doing music. Y'all, he's got like 300,000 listeners on Spotify. And I'm telling this man to delete his Spotify. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, let's just I'm, run away. <laughs> yeah. Obviously not in a good mental headspace. And he's like telling me like, girl, you are losing it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give up what God has called me to do because you're ready to throw in the towel on what God has called you to do. Um, but I was just going through the list, you know, of all the things that Christian girls do. And it was not good for me or him. You know, there was literally no peace in my home because I was going through the motions. And because I was going through the motions, I was like, boy, you need to be going through the motions too. We need to be on the same page. And he was like, no, ma'am, you're on the wrong page. And I'm like, no, you're on the wrong page. And it just took me getting on the right page to realize that I was on the wrong page. Um, you get comfortable on the wrong page. Uh, easily. Easily. I And I can, I, I can remember becoming comfortable, and my pastor kept saying, I miss the old Heather. And I was frustrated. I'm like, who cares? Shut up. And then finally, like, it I miss her too. Yes, and that's exactly what I said. One day, but he I told do me, not care. Yeah. One day he told me I miss the old Heather. I said, you know what? I do too. But okay, she ain't coming back. <laughs> right. But we're gonna keep on moving on this way. But you know what? Well, I do miss the old Heather. Show new Heather. But I want a new Heather. Yes, exactly. I want a new Heather. I don't want the old Heather because the old Heather was still here nor there either. You know, I I just want to add the I want to add the last the last thing because whether you know it or not, this podcast I've I've recorded two of them so far. This is episode three, I've recorded with you, I've recorded with Karen, and I've recorded with Valerie, and this whole episode is probably like the whole theme of what becoming her is. It is. It's literally out with the old. We love, I love old Kaylee. She was bold and she didn't speak with a lot of like grace, um, but she definitely spoke her mind. Um, this mid, mid Kaylee here, um, she, you know, had some of those same same character things um but she was really struggling in her walk with the lord old kaylee really loved the lord um but you know i think it's not about trying to get back to old kaylee who was really zealous old kaylee was really zealous and um wanted to do all of the things and then we got to like this other version of kaylee who just really was sad and um, just wanted to be regular and normal, and now we're not back to old Kaylee. We're right, yes. on our way to a new Kaylee who is zealous, and she's a dreamer, mm-hmm. and she still says what she thinks, but she speaks with a little more grace <laughs> and tact, and, you know, like, she's better than the old Kaylee, and she's better than the sad Kaylee, yeah. you know, and... In a few years, I'll I'll be a different version of her, right. you know. And I well, think, well, and I I love to vision the the new Heather because 
old Heather was fun and crazy and, you know, drug people to Jesus. Now, middle Heather, she was my favorite because she slept all day. <laughs> she slept a lot. I, I enjoyed sleeping a lot. But I think new Heather is going to be a mix of a new person and the old Heather. Still fun and wild and crazy, but purposely doing it for Jesus. And there's still room for naps. Uh, yes. <laughs> she will not be a morning person. I hope the Lord knows this. So hope we're on the same page here that new Heather will not be a morning person still. Yeah. I mean, and I, I know you don't love her. I know you don't love her, but Taylor Swift says. Oh, my gosh. Cancel the um, whole podcast. Oh, my Lord. No. We love Taylor Swift around here. Taylor Swift says, I haven't met the new me yet. She's going to cry about everything, too. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I think that that's valid. Like, I think that, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, this podcast is called Becoming Her. And I think that the reality of the situation is that, you know, we're all becoming her. And I don't think any of us has met the new me yet. Um, and, you know, once we meet the new me. I'm on a blind date with the new me right now. <laughs> you know, there'll be another new me to me. Yeah. And, and then in a few years, we'll meet another new me. And, you know, whenever whenever we have kids, there'll be another new me. And whenever my kids get to be teenagers, that'll be another new me. And mm. whenever I do ministry or do more ministry or it's just like another new me with every season. And, and I, I think that's just how God intended it. You know, scripture says we go from glory to glory. And, and I think that that that's how God intended it. We're always becoming, if we're always becoming something, I think we should be choosing to become more like him. Right. So, Oh yeah. So, yeah. So thank you guys for joining episode three. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see y'all next week for episode four of Becoming Her. Have a great Friday afternoon. It's Wednesday. Or... <laughs> These release on Friday. Oh. <laughs>